What's up? Welcome back to the show. First of all, thank you so much for all of the support. Everyone that's subscribing and listening and watching. I really appreciate um, everyone having my back on this. I think the podcast has just been so cathartic for me and hopefully it's helped a lot of you. And today I have a really amazing woman on my show. Jamie, how are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. So how do you pronounce it? It's Villamore. Villamore, that's correct. And you just said a word, cathartic. Cathartic. What does that mean? Cathartic means that when something, you're doing something that makes you just feel really good, it's sort of a cathartic experience. I like it. I'm going to have to write that one down. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How funny. <laughs> I, I, I know that you are a, um, do they call you a sharpshooter or, I mean, you're pretty much a sharpshooter. A sponsored shooter. Okay. So, so we uh, shoot matches, so travel all over the world and, and compete. So, yeah. How did you get into that as a woman oh man so I feel like I get this question a lot and um you know I was cast for a show in Australia okay and um, my background at the time was um swimsuit lingerie modeling so they took um a bunch of girls that had no firearm experience and yeah at, at the time when my agent mentioned it I was like no I'm not doing anything reality show that's ridiculous yeah and then when he told me um, the premise, I'm like, wait, what? I get to train with like the military and like badasses? I'm in. So yeah, that's kind of where it started. And then um, from there, you know, I did my homework and found out that it's um, actually an Olympic sport and there are pretty amazing athletes that have been training since they were young. Yeah. So um, found like a new respect for the sport and I was like, I'm going to try this. It's funny. I think that people think, okay, hot woman, hot gun, hot, hot all around. But it is very difficult, first of all, to shoot a gun. It is extremely difficult to hit a mark with that when the gun basically the, goes off. Because look, I grew up <laughs> I grew up on a farm. So we had shotguns because you never knew what was going to come into the farm or the yard and you had to be protected. So I, you know, as a child knew how to shoot a BB gun and then a shotgun. And so um, we were living in actually a really expensive city, but people were getting robbed left and right. And so I thought, okay, I should have a gun. My husband went out of town and took my kids. And I thought, let me just have a gun just in case and so I go into the gun safe all he has is a revolver I have never sh I usually shoot a Glock I'd never shot a revolver and I hadn't shot a gun in a really long time and so I thought let me make sure I understand the components and how this thing works and so I put the bullets in spin it click it right this shit goes off like it outside I was outside thank god but it literally I fired the, the gun, um, the ringing, <laughs> the ringing in my ears was something that I was just like, and we have cameras. So I have this on footage. Like, so basically you probably see me running out. It, it you know, the firearm goes off and I'm like, oh, shit, freaking out. And the weird thing, number one, is that the cops didn't come. No one heard it. I mean, it was literally locking out of Flint Ridge, which is like a Beverly Hills kind of a city. Um, the other thing is that like no one got hurt. But then I said, OK, this is bad. I need to go to a shooting range and I need to really understand how if I get a jam, what is happening? And so I went with, you know, this ex-Marine who was teaching people how to shoot. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I'm good at almost everything. 
I suck at this. I, cu- I could not, literally, I couldn't stop the gun, no matter how hard I tried, from literally just tilting downward. What were you shooting? Just a Glock. Mm. So nine, nothing. I feel like give me 45 minutes with you. Okay. And then we just shoot. Like, I just want like basics, like no ammo, just the firearm, me and you. Right. And then the last five minutes. We'll shoot downrange. I mean, bowling, I suck too. I go a little bit to the left. <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe I'm just like, you know, a little weird with my arms or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't, oh my gosh. And then there was a guy shooting next to me and he was shooting off rounds so fast. Mm. And I had a sports bra, but then I had a, you know, I had a basically a, a hoodie, uh, but it wasn't completely zipped up. Well, by the end of it, and then by the time I had a few rounds stuck inside my sports bra from the guy next to me, I looked like the Unabomber. Oh my Because gosh. I had zipped up all, and like tied the hood because those casings hurt. Yeah, they burn they you. They burn. I have a little scar right now in my stomach, so... Um, or, you know, they go down the back. So everyone's gosh. always like, oh, don't wear anything low cut. You're going to get hot brass. I'm like... It doesn't matter what you're wearing, you're the brass gonna, is going to find you. So right. it'll go down the back of your shirt and burn my neck. It'll hit my stomach. So at this yes. point, I'm just like, eh, it's just my little trophy for training. So <laughs> I know, I mean, I know a lot of people, again, say, you know, oh, look at her. She's got a gun. How cute. But it, that is a yeah. difficult sport. It really is. Yeah, I I, feel, I always say these um, guys and girls definitely don't get um, the credit they deserve for the amount of time that they actually put in. Um, and to be honest, it's it's an expensive hobby or sport. Like right. ammo prices right now are crazy. Um, but like more than ever, I feel like you should be doing your dry fire. Like you guys should have a plan. If you, you have um, a firearm, shotgun, whatever it may be for home defense, um, you guys have to run those scenarios so you're prepared. Yeah. Like it's so important to know what's like beyond and on the side of your targets. It's not as simple as everyone thinks that someone breaks in and you point and shoot. No. So um, you, you hit someone. Responsible. Like, yes. Do you know where your kid's room is? If it goes through him, there's a chance that it could go through your intruder and through that wall into your kid's room. Yeah. So it's all the mental that goes um, behind everything else. Right, which I don't think anyone really even thinks about. Yeah, the, I think your mental game has to be on on point for that I'm sport. To explain, which I yeah, my kids with driving because they're they're only twelve, but I started driving at twelve, and they drive dune buggies, and I'm always explaining yeah. like, listen, if this person does this, what are you gonna do? If this is, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're constantly defensively trying to figure out. And I mean, I've been driving. I'm 51, so for many, many years. But like, what are my defensive strategies? So it's the same thing with being a responsible gun owner. I run those scenarios with my kids. We walk into a restaurant and sit down and I'm like, all right, where's your exits? If someone came in that door, where are you going? What are you doing? Wow. So, and they actually have um, scenario training where you can actually go and bring your family and your and your children and they incorporate different scenarios. So if you really? are actually, it's called like waft panic room. What? It, no, no. Oh it's my so gosh. cool. So listen to this. They have, um, a giant facility. Um, it's called, uh, I think their Instagram is W dot O dot F dot T waft. So, um, it's a huge training facility and they actually have a mock up, um, cafeteria or coffee shop. So you would actually go in with your children and they run, 
a ton of different scenarios. So it's constantly changing. Your kids are in that scenario and you're able to teach and break down like, Hey, if this were to happen, what would you do? Like when you're walking to your car, no one really thinks about, Hey, if someone were to approach me when I'm walking to my car, what would I do? And our kids can't have like weapons, firearms. I always have like something on me, but our kids, they can't carry firearms. No, I put my keys in between all my fingers as I walk to, I used to wrestle. So, and I I just know how to fight. But again, I I don't know. Do you find that kind of sad that our kids have to have this type of training. I think it's just part of, um, being prepared. So, you know, having like as a parent, like it's our responsibility to protect our kids and we want our kids to be able to protect their kids when they're older. So anything that we can add to that toolbox, I think we should be. But when you were going to school, did you have active shoot? Did you, was this in the news? No, we didn't have anything like that. Nothing. Like, um, we weren't, I mean, think about it too. Like when we were in school, no one had ADHD or ADD. There weren't. It wasn't diagnosed at least. Yeah. See, yeah, that's what they say that it wasn't diagnosed. But I can tell you when I was in school and being a teacher, I actually went back to school and got my degree in education. So I taught um, kindergarten, kindergarten through um, fifth grade, junior high and high school. So I've taught all the levels and the kids that I see today were not like the kids they don't behave the way they did when we were in school. Like, would you not agree? It's true. No, but what do you attribute that to? You know, I don't... I know it's all a personal belief. Yeah, yeah, it is. I don't know what, if, if they're freaking, I mean, if they're poisoning us in our food, if it's the medications that parents are putting their kids on at early ages. Um, I, I always said, and I know that you, I've listened to some of your stuff, so I know that you, you're not... Um, you don't spank, but I, I'm telling you when I was like subbing some of these kids, I'm like, man, your kid doesn't have ADHD. Your kid needs a freaking spanking, like take them home and put them in timeout and discipline your child. Yeah. So, um, the parents aren't, aren't really involved. Like yeah, everyone else is raising is. our kids. Yeah. I think that for me, I think that's what it is. Listen, if, if you have, um, I don't, I don't think there are any bad kids or any bad animals. I, I always really yeah. put it on the parents because if you're spending enough quality time with your children, I don't know if they're going to need to be spanked, right? Yeah. They're acting out because they're, um, they're looking for some type of attention, whatever it is that they're not getting at home. So it, when they got to you, it's like, because I don't, like, I don't think a one-year-old comes out and it's just like some maniac, unless like you said, they have some psychological thing. Because look, my mom took a drug when she was pregnant with me that caused cancer in me. So, you know, could it be that people, not just drugs, just whether it's caffeine, pesticides, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, I see these kids running around with, they're freaking two, three years old drinking a Red Bull. I'm like, what the oh, hell's going on here? No. Like, my husband used to drink. <laughs> oh, gosh. He said he used to order a Red Bull and, and you know, vodka Red Bull. And I thought, how are you? Look, I'm not a naturalist by any stretch of the imagination. There are times I will get fast food. Trust me. Not lately because now I have like this weird celiac thing. But um, but. Oh my gosh. It's like the most manufactured, weirdest, get you high, like stay up all night. I don't know. Understand that. Yeah. So the kids, I, I see kids drinking coffee too, which 
Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm like a huge coffee drinker, but I mean, I'm not serving up my kids a cup of coffee before they went to school. So, um, I think my daughter started drinking coffee in high school, which I thought was a little weird, but I'm like, eh, she's a good kid. There's worse things in life. Enjoy your cup of coffee, kid. So your daughter is old enough. Does she also know how to handle a firearm? Yeah. So, um, my youngest she actually went to the training with me. So I went and checked it out on my own just to be sure it was something that I would want to incorporate my kids in. Um, and after my first time training there, I'm like, absolutely. So I brought her and I'm not even going to lie after like the first hour she broke down because she's a little badass. So we've had, um, break-ins, We've had to move because people are freaking weirdos. Right. So I always say if anyone ever got in our house, they'd have no idea what they're up against because she can outshoot a, a lot of men. Like I bring her to the range and I'm like the proud parent that's like, hey, you know, we'll have the law enforcement in their training. I'm like, uh, you want to see who can be a little more accurate oh and my put my gosh. kid up against them. They're like, yeah, let's go. And I'm always like, yeah, that's amazing. How many kids so, do you have? I have three girls. Three girls. Yeah. And how old is the youngest? The youngest just turned 20. Oh my goodness. So yeah, she's in college and I'm like, this is perfect opportunity to like humble her yet teach her. Um, Because she's very, very secure with a firearm. She can break it down. Um, She knows the the mechanics behind it. But um, it's a totally different ball game once you put your kids in that scenario. Right. So they, everyone and everyone, not even our kids, everyone always says, Oh, if that happened, I would do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Right. Gear, gear, these get your emotions, up. get yeah. your heart rate going. I mean, it's a totally fight or flight response. Accurate. Exactly. When, when shit hits the fan. So they um, literally put us in suits and we had like sim rounds. So I carried, like I would normally be carrying, Um, and then they ran a few scenarios and I was so proud of her though, cause she did freaking amazing. And then when we ran a few different scenarios, like walking to our vehicle, it was a huge like aha moment for both of us because I was like, you know, they, someone grabs your kid, you have another kid. Like, what are you going to do? Sure. Do you leave that one and grab that one? Then there's someone over here that you didn't even freaking see. Right. To get the other so one. So the whole premise is, um, being aware, like, um, like spatial awareness. Yes. That. And just knowing what's going on around you. Like we got to put our phones away. We got to focus, but right. it's these day-to-day things that we do and people just think it's not going to happen to me. So, oh yeah, everyone thinks that they're untouchable. I know it's, I just recently got on TikTok and I've, I fought it for so long, but I'm really happy that I'm on that app because there's a guy on there that does teach basically, um, just again, oh my gosh. awareness for women about don't just go straight to go around because then you can't see, right? People. I want to know who this is because there's someone that I feel like is given bad information. Okay. If you're watching this person. Okay. I might have to call him out. Yeah, he is just saying that people, like you said, they're on their phone when they get to the vehicle. Um, first of all, you just have to constantly be aware of your surroundings. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. the, the premise. Yeah. And not don't just go like beeline. There's, there's a lot of people giving bad advice. So I see that all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if any 
anybody is watching this and they tried to do that, it's like a recipe for disaster. Right. So those people, I feel like have no business giving any type of freaking advice. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, look, especially the people that think that you're just going to sweep someone's leg out from underneath them. I mean, come on. Like you're going to sweep some 200 pound guy's leg. I'm not saying don't try, but there are better methods, I think, for women, especially petite women. Um, and it's, I think it's more about not getting yourself in that situation in the first place by being aware because we are living in a very myopic society where people are just so involved with, you know, social media and their phones and what's going on and not thinking about what could potentially happen. So I say the second we have to draw our firearm, you've already lost because the whole purpose is to avoid being in those it. types of situations yeah. and being able to like use our voice. And, uh, I know waft teaches, um, flashlight. So for people that don't want to carry a firearm or weapons, like using your voice and having a flashlight that, that creates a distraction. Our kids can carry them. Yeah. It's one of the only things you can get on an airline with. I always travel with my flashlight. Like I have it here and in my bag, like I can blind you, create a distraction and potentially get away. That's what we want. We don't want to square up with yeah. a man or anybody or, or uh, we want to get away. No, it's true. Look, it, it, as badass as we all want to feel like we are and we can handle the situation, you don't want to get in the situation. Yeah. You want to avoid it at all costs. Okay. So um, you are clearly an incredibly strong woman. <laughs> you have been through a lot and I know you have a show about dating. So I, I feel like I've people, I'm a lot, like I'm a lot to handle. So it took me a really long time. I was not looking for a husband. He kind of just sort of fell into my life, which I think is the way sometimes that it works out the best. But I knew that it was going to be really hard for me regardless to find anyone that could handle everything that I sort of brought to the table. Um, And I feel like you're probably very similar. So do you find it hard um, are you dating now? Cause I think you have a dating podcast and I you do. give some advice. Yeah. Is it hard finding a man that is like, I don't know. I think men sometimes can be so intimidated, right? By a strong woman. Or do you find that men nowadays, because I haven't been in the dating world for so long. Do you find that men, um, are turned on by that or are they, um, afraid of that? I don't know. That's a great question. Um, a lot of people always say that, Oh, I bet people are so intimidated, but I think at the end of the day, I'm just a person like living my life. So I'm not actively seeking. Yeah. Um, and always like open. So my focus is definitely not like, I'm very comfortable in my own skin and in my life and where I'm at. So I feel like if, if the opportunity did present itself, like they'd have to come with, with a lot. lot. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, and like they would have to add value and I, I'm such a, like, I feel like I always want to be like growing and learning. So more so like, what do you offer? Like, what can you teach me? What can I learn from you? Because right. we're going to be a team and I'm going to push you and I'm going to need you to push me. So almost like building that empire and, and you know, being like a fan of me, like I'm a fan of you. Right. And just a, a, a team. Really. Right. Yeah. And I know. So I, I always say that um, I didn't really need a man to come into my life. So he needed to, I just needed to make sure he wasn't taking away. Right. Right. Taking all these withdrawals from me. 
because I had worked so hard to build up my reserve of I feel good about myself and I'm strong and I, I'm proud of how far I've come. And I didn't want anyone, I didn't want to have to dim my light for anyone. No friends, right? No, I mean, I, I just don't think that you should have to basically um, not sparkle because someone else is going to be threatened by that. So how old were you when you met your husband? I was in my early 30s. Okay. Late 20s, early 30s. And so then you guys have been together for a while. We have, but we were, we were friends in the beginning. I thought my husband was a gay man when I first met <laughs> Does him. he know this? He's he got to know. <laughs> he knows. Yes, he knows. <laughs> gay man only in so much as he was just a really cool guy. He had this energy about him that I didn't feel like not that guys are lecherous, but you know, sometimes you just feel like guys are kind of like looking at you like, oh, what does she look like naked? I didn't <laughs> get that vibe from him. He was just like a really cool, just a cool dude. And he was in this beat up, dirty truck and just, I don't know, unassuming in so many ways. So I thought he was poor and I thought he was gay. So I was like, oh, why I did you think he was poor? Because of his truck? just was he had a dirty hat I don't he just didn't come across to someone and so I felt really bad like if we had lunch I always offer to pay yeah for the lunch because I thought he was just like a handyman just sort of getting by in life oh my gosh yeah come to find out he owned one of the most popular nightclubs in Hollywood and tons I love that though like because very um very humble not showboating so humble so I love a guy that can you know fly under the radar me too. And people are like, hmm, versus like someone that's like showboaty and, yeah. you know, pulls up in a Lamborghini. If you pull up to my house in a Lamborghini, I probably will not come outside because I'm going to be embarrassed. Oh like, I don't want to ride around in your fancy Yellow pants car. Lamborghini. I know. Um, yeah. It's embarrassing. Like, I don't want people staring at me. Right. I know. So, I feel like sometimes like there's enough attention that's being kind of put on you that you don't need to add mm-hmm. that look at me situation but it's interesting because he did have this whole other side of himself he wasn't hiding it it's just that's the core of who he is he's just a really down-to-earth humble hard-working guy who just happened to have a little bit of a lisp because he had a retainer still in (laughs) so first thing i did was remove that um from his mouth but um no but he does he still sleep in his retainer no no he doesn't (laughs) i know so hot. Um, but when I finally went to his house and I've told this story before, I didn't think, I didn't know it was his house. It was a really nice house. And I said, <laughs> whose house is this? I want to say thank you for hosting and inviting. He's like, you stupid. It's my house. And then you go into the garage and of course there's, you know, the yellow Lamborghini mm-hmm. and the Ferraris. And I thought, oh, come on. You know, what is it? And I guess it's like, you know, he grew up in uh, like a 900 square foot house with two other siblings and one bathroom. And so, you yeah. know, when he got successful, those were the things that he got as a man to kind of, you know, make him feel good about his achievements. But it never changed him. Right. Um, I did. Which sell. is very admirable. Amazing. I love that. Yeah. So I did the, the Hummer. The, they all went within a yeah. matter of three months. I was like, we're going to go ahead and liquidate these. Does he <laughs> still have like his like fancy pants car? I like to call it a fancy, fancy pants, pants car. car. Um, no, I just, I bought myself a Ferrari fancy pants, but it's, oh. it wasn't, I said, it's not a normal Ferrari color. It was a platinum, really cool. And then my yeah. husband goes, Amy, it's a Ferrari. It's still a look at <laughs> me car. So I was like, all right, I drove it for a while and then thought, 
oh, I really want this apartment building instead. And my Ferrari is just sort of sitting yeah. in the, in the, so I sold that, but he has an Austin Martin, which is a much classier kind of a thing. Right. Uh, so he's got that, but no matter what he has, he will drive his truck. Yeah. And look, I have nothing against anyone that wants to have like a nice car. Like you earned it, you deserve it. I'm just saying like, don't I'm not my everyday driver. It yeah. was just sort of like for me, it would be, okay, maybe I had a client that was incredibly rude to me, whatever, and I just needed to take a drive. Yeah. And that just kind of felt like my escape. Isn't is, it um, funny though? Because a lot of people I talk to, and you kind of said the same thing, those things don't last. No. Like it's almost like it, it fills that void in us for a little bit. And then look, I bet you probably didn't even have it for like two years, a year. No. You had it and then it was gone. Cause Such you're like a materialistic, mm-hmm. yeah. it's just this weird materialistic thing that you think is going to, and, and re and really what for me now, it's like, I go out, I have this gorgeous porch day bed that I'll have a glass of wine and it actually serves me better than zipping around some canyon going 150 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. Very much so. so. So, um, when it comes to your podcast, what are you trying to help people in the day? Or is it a funny so podcast? So my whole premise is always to like give back and help where I can. Yeah. So, um, if I can share a little bit of my experience and help someone along the way, then I feel like I'm winning in life. So, um, yeah, that's my whole like premise with any and everything that I do is, um, always to like give back to any and everyone that I can. I love that. I'm meeting so so many amazing women, you included, on my podcast because when I was modeling and I was an actress and I was really knee deep and having a lot of success, I just felt like I was surrounded by really selfish people, selfish, greedy people, and they would never take a moment to give back. And now all of a sudden I'm in this space in my life where I too think I didn't go through all of this to not then share my experience to then either inspire, motivate, help in any way that I can, um, just through my shared sharing of my kind of really rough experiences. And I'm meeting so many women like yourself and I don't know, I'm just, I'm so amazed and grateful to meet people like you because sometimes you just feel like, I thought, am I the only person that wants to give back and help other people and be of service to others, Mm -hmm. especially, gosh, everything we're going through right now is so tough. And I feel like we're just so separated. Everyone has such strong political opinions and so many opinions about the vaccine and so many opinions. Ugh. And it's just keeping yeah. us so separated. And even then social media, you know, you've got these people that are just living. I lived a little bit of this when I wrestled where some of the wrestlers believed their own hype. Like they almost thought like they were a superhero. And I was like, you're wearing women's underwear. Let's just start right there. Okay. Not to be mean because it's, it is a sport. It is very difficult. And, you know, even like Kurt Angle was an Olympian and and he's Mm -hmm. amazing. There's a lot of great people. But when you start believing these exterior things and you buy into it, it's so unhealthy. Right? I agree. I I think that the fact that you know, that that's where you were for that amount of time is, has to contribute to where you are today. And the fact that maybe you do believe in like serving and giving back because having not have experienced that, maybe you would think a little bit different. Do you think? Yeah. I mean, because I mean, in our world, like for modeling, I feel like there was a time, like you said, where 
everyone was kind of like in competition. And for me, I'm like, you guys, there's so much work to go around. If I'm not getting the job, I want to see my friends win. So if I don't get it, I'm telling any and everyone about this casting because one of us is going to get it and I'm excited. So that's kind of the people that I wanted to surround myself with that, that believed in me just like I believed in them. And they wanted to see me win just as much as I wanted to see them win. And yeah, it's, it's difficult to find in that industry, which can be pretty shallow. Um, but I feel like they're out there. No, I feel I'm looking in a mirror right now. It's everything that I've always said is, is, by you booking something, that means it's possible. Yeah. Right? That yeah. means that people are hiring. And, and that's a good thing. And there's, there's so not, many jobs. Yeah, we're not going to run out of jobs, people. Right. Like, there's so many freaking jobs. Like, right. it's okay. It's if, just- if, <laughs> yeah, if I'm buying a house, there, there's more houses for you. It's okay. Right. Like, we should be, you know, cheering for, for like, our friends, our family, and those people around us. Um, there's so much to go around. It's, it's, there's no limit. And have like, you always felt this way or is there something in your life that happened that kind of tilted you um, in this direction? You know, I listened to, I think like, so I, I've listened to you a little bit before I came cause I'm like, Oh, you know, who is this? Who is I got a woman. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, um, I want to know a little bit about what I'm, so yeah, your last podcast, I was like, Ooh, wow. So you, I think where we maybe might be a little different is you open up a lot about um, like your past and maybe not having a relationship with your family and this and that. And, and you also said too, that you almost feel like, um, so I haven't gone through therapy and I had a pretty rough childhood. Um, nothing was given to me, a small home born and raised, but I don't really talk about it a lot because not that like I, I'm so grateful for all those experiences because I feel like it's almost made me who I am. So I'm, I'm never like the victim of not saying that you are by any means, but that doesn't matter. Right. Like it, it almost matters like the present moment and where we are. So all, I don't like getting into like the negative. Um, yeah. If someone's like talking to me, sometimes I can relate and be like, Hey, yeah, I was molested too but my views are a little bit different and this is like my perception of it. Yeah. Um, so if I feel like I can help someone in sharing, then I'll share that aspect, but just to like go in and, and expose myself like that. Yeah. Ooh, it's, that's like very difficult for me. I think, yeah, I, uh, to make the decision to finally kind of talk about my past and what had happened, it was, I think really born out of, people having these preconceived ideas like they I would say to them because I would want to uplift people I had a modeling agency right yeah I had 400 model talent on my roster and I want to uplift them like oh, well that's easy for you to say because you know you came from a wealthy mm. family or that's easy for you to say because you know and I'm like see these are the people that I wouldn't even get in a conversation with right. I'd cut them off and be like you know what I don't think my agency aligns with those values right so if we can help them, we do, but I've learned, I don't waste time. Yeah. So either you're like a go-getter and you want, and I'm going to see you win and I'm going to make sure you win or you're not ready for this. Yeah. No, I get that. I totally understand that. I think that perspective, I think for me, it's just, I don't want, I just don't like excuses. I don't I like want to work. I want to work in a solution based life. Yes. Like I'm in even real estate yesterday. I mean, <laughs> dealing with a very difficult client right now and so she's complaining, complaining. And I said, okay, 
what's the solution? Yeah. How do we move forward? We can stay in this all day long. This is not fun for me. It's draining. So how do we get out of this? How can I make you happy from this point forward? And so, um, you know, again, I just feel like people can use a lot of excuses and I can say, well, these are excuse riddled, riddled people and, you know, good luck to you. But I kind of feel like if I can put a hand out and I can say, listen, this was my life and this is how I handled it. And this is how I ended up with success, maybe at the cost of some things. I made some mistakes along the way that I would hope that by me sharing my experience, maybe I can prevent you from making the same. Um, but again, look to each their own, you know, if I brought my sister on here, she would never discuss, uh, our childhood. She wouldn't discuss, you know, that's, we're all just sort of individuals yeah. and our, our experiences, individuals are all kind of different and it, it is hard. It's hard to be so raw and to tell people like this happened to me and I was I scared, you know, I feared for my life as a kid because people see me as so strong mm -hmm. and I want people to see me as strong. I don't want people to think that they can take advantage of me, but that's this thing I built up that's just this false facade because inside I still was really hurting. Yeah. I really was. How, how long did you go to counseling or, or therapy? Oh my gosh. Uh, I feel like even just the books that I still read, I feel like I'm still in therapy. Okay. I feel like there's just no end to how I can improve myself as a human being. Yeah. And I always think even just getting through the cancer, I feel like I'm, I'm here and I'm on this earth and I'm here for a really a reason much bigger than me. Yeah. Like I love that I'm selling houses. It's amazing. I love that I'm raising two of the coolest human beings ever. And I've got a great husband that, you know, we have a, but there's just more. Right. Oh, for sure. And so I thought, okay, well, how do I contribute to this world and how do I leave it a better place? And for me, it's just by sharing sort of my story. Okay. Yeah. That's I awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't done any therapy. Like maybe, maybe I should. Um, there's so many out there. Look, I just tried this thing called timeline therapy and it was really hard. I mean, they told me it was going to be hard and you basically get hypnotized and Ooh. they, you jump back into some situations like where you're back into the thick of it. The thick like, of I the I don't shit. know if I believe in that. Like, right. how do you, cause I've heard this and, um, I would be open to try. Right. So, um, cause I'm always open to, if, if I feel like there's a potential growth right. then I'm open to try, I'm not going to shut anything down, but the whole thought of it just sounds insane to me. Like, how are you going to hypnotize me and bring me back? Right. Yeah. Like, I did does, even, does I did, uh, I did, uh, past life regression and I said I don't know if I even believe that we had past lives but what I do believe is that if I can go in and during my theta years mm -hmm. where my brain was really forming and my self-esteem was forming if I can somehow go in and repair or give myself what I never got as a kid right and that can then make me a better person does it really matter whether I believe it or not do you know what I mean? Like if through hey, the process, if yeah, yeah, if you're getting some type of benefit, right. then it's, it's definitely, it's right. worth it. But it's, um, it's bananas. You'll I'm have to like you. give me the info. Cause I would be down to, to try. Yeah. Um, I've tried everything just because I said for so long, um, I used to say I'm broken. 
I said it like on a daily yeah, basis. I, and it's like, you can't say that about yourself. No. You cannot say that about yourself. That's I, not the truth. I thought of that when you, I heard you say that in your last um, podcast. And it's so ironic because looking back, like I um, moved out when I was 15. So I was like on the streets for a little bit, um, hopped from house to house. But I never, it, it's interesting. Some people have that mentality and I don't know, nobody taught me. But even at 15, I always felt like maybe it's the martial arts, you know, because mm. it, it instills a level of discipline in you. I mean, I don't know, but I never felt. Yeah, there's times when I felt like shit or I didn't feel good about myself, but I always looked at myself like I got this. You didn't feel like there's anything wrong with you. I knew I was different. Okay. So and yeah, even in high school. um. I think people always, you know, if you ask people I went to high school with, they'd probably say I was popular, but I didn't really hang out with anyone. Like I was so focused on like my sport at the time because I played. So I was always wanted to be the best that I could be in whatever I put myself into, if that makes sense. Yes. So I didn't have time for that. I had, I was fucking weirdo. I had social anxiety. I didn't want to go to parties. Like I would have parties, but I just never really felt like I fit in but you anywhere, think even you in were, modeling. But do you think that you were trying to be the best that you could be because like there was no one clapping for that, me. So I didn't no, have anyone to like, yeah. I didn't have anyone to prove myself to. I wasn't ever really competing with anyone because it was always me. Right. And no matter where I was, like I remember I had, um, you know, a family take me in when I was, in, cause my goal, it was always been like short-term goals. So at that time I was like, man, I just want to get through high school. Like I want to graduate high school. Um, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't even have a fucking ride to school, but I would take public transportation yeah. to get to school. So I always figured out a way and there was a family and she was like, the mom had three sons. She was like, Hey, I want to take, um, like custody of you. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't think you need to have custody of me. Like I can just move in. She's like, no, because of the school, this and that. And so the school and my teachers, they never knew like where I was wow. sleeping, nothing. Um, so I was like, okay. And of course my mom, you know, signed away her rights, but it literally lasted like I don't know. It didn't even last like six months wow. before she was like, yeah, this isn't working out. And then there, there I was again, like, man, yeah. at the end of the day, like I'm responsible for me. Like I have to take care of myself. Right. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, I really, I relate to it so much. I just think that if I, through my therapy, through anything that I've gone through, I can look back now and see the reason why I had to get through, I had to be the best because you know, no one was at my track meets. No yeah. one was, no one was clapping me on when I won the spelling bee. No one was there. That's really right. Cool. That's cool. Though, and you so, won the spell I mean, my dad did come to like when I played, um, I competed a lot in martial arts. Um, I was a second degree black belt. I played softball in, in high school, like varsity, my freshman year through my senior year. And my dad never missed a game. Wow. So despite, you know, us having like our issues, like my dad was, he was abusive when we were younger. My dad's an amazing man today. And if you met him, you would never in a million years believe the stories that I could tell you, but my dad owns his shit. And I appreciate that. And I am, I, that's one thing that I will say about my dad is even when I was like, 
I don't even live, live at home. You don't even have my back. Like, don't come to my games. Like I remember seeing him, he would park and I'm like, what a fucking idiot. Like I can see you, right? <laughs> but he would come. And so that I feel like made me feel like loved. Yes. So, which is incredible, which is, so I, I, thanks dad. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, look, I, but, I, I say the whole, everything happens the way it's supposed to, right? Yeah. For me, I feel like everything just played out the way it was supposed to, but you know, had my parents just even tried to make an effort or even now, if they would say, look, we didn't do the best we could. We tried. Yeah. No, they won't even own up that it happened they want to pretend like oh, it didn't happen yeah, and sweep good. it under the rug so for me I think trying to be number one the best like you know I'm independent I don't need anyone that for me was basically saying I'm gonna prove I'm good enough that then they can turn around and say we screwed up because we deserved this wonderful daughter I, I, mentally I don't know what I was doing I was just trying to be yeah. number one the best so I think I don't know. It's interesting. And this is why I love the podcast is because people can go through very similar experiences, right? And they can choose their path to success. And it's not always going to be the same path. Right. And I want, I always want to understand how did someone mentally get from point A to point B if they didn't have this silver spoon? I mean, there's a guy in, and I'm not, I'm not going to name names, but there's a guy at my brokerage. I'm with the agency. It's a really huge global um, brokerage for real estate. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, this so successful. He hasn't even been doing it like 15 years. Then I looked at his last, his last name and I'm like, okay. Oh. Like I see like, you know I mean? There's like these, you know, Hollywood monuments that his grandparents basically built. So yeah. It's like, okay, well, you know, I see that that kind of gave you a, a head start in life. You know, right. uh, you had the connections. But did it. Right. I know. So it's like you can take someone that had those opportunities that didn't then take full advantage or they were a dick and they didn't treat people well. And so those relationships that the grandparents made, he dissolved those. Right. So I just I want to just understand yeah. the human, just human nature and what makes people tick and what makes one person successful that had you know, a different path that had a similar background. So you took a little bit of a different, you haven't gone to therapy, right? You just kind of like, you just sucked it up. Yeah. I, I read a lot. Um, I was, I was always into, um, like I never did drugs growing up. I didn't drink. Um, I'm not saying I've never had a drink of alcohol, but I always felt like, I just didn't want to do that. Like I, if was it I a control thing, like it, that you want to say, I just always wanted to be the best that I could be and on my game. So I felt like if I was, you know, up to bat and I didn't get to like first base, um, then it, I didn't want to have anything to blame it on because I partied that weekend or I was drinking. So anything that wasn't going to push me forward and help me succeed, I didn't want to have anything to do with. Yeah. So if it's not helping mind, body and spirit, then I don't want to fuck with it. So I, I didn't eat like a lot of fast food because I'm like, not because I was trying to be healthy or like it that didn't really exist like it, like it does now, right. if that makes sense. But it was like, I just remember thinking, okay, I'm not going to swim the day before a game because I don't want to fatigue my muscles. Like maybe I should carb up so I can give myself more energy. So my mind was just wow. different than right. everyone else's. And 
I don't know if it's because I wasn't like at home during that time or I mean, I, I wish I did know, but I, I don't well, know, but I had like, up. you probably had to grow up a lot faster. Than I had all the excuses in the world, but I've always been, and this is one thing that I do um, teach my kids is I'm like the biggest value you can bring no matter where you're at in life is being a problem solver. Right. So don't show up to the job with a million excuses. Come with a solution. Right. Like, I don't want to hear all the reasons why you can't do something like let's team up and tell me how we're going to make it work. Right. And I never tell my kids they can't be or do anything in life. So if my daughter's like, Hey, I want, which my kids are, believe it or not, it's so freaking weird. They're not like materialistic in any way. But if you know, my daughter was like, I want a Rolex. I'm not going to laugh at her and be like, that's ridiculous. Right. You're in high school. Like, you can't afford that. My thing to her would be like, all right, how are we going to do that? Right. What is the plan? Right. So I always want to help them achieve and get anything and everything they want in life. Which is reason. amazing because it's something that you really didn't get, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. But yeah. going back to, to my mom, I, cause I've called my mom on like some shit. Like, you know, I'm like, Hey, I told you that this was like, you know, X, Y, and Z was going on and you still like put me in the same room with that person. Like right. that made me feel like pretty shitty. And you know what my mom said? She just looked at me and was like, I just want you to know that during that, like I didn't do everything right. So she was like, and we're always like learning, growing and evolving. You're different than me, which she goes, I'll acknowledge, but I want you to know that I did the best I could in the circumstances that I was given. Okay. But no matter how, you know, as parents, no matter how good we think we're doing, the kids are really like the ultimate decider of that. Like right. you may think that you're being the best parent ever, but when your kid looks at you and is like, you know what, you could have been better here, there. And what do you say? I know. I tell my kids right now, like the five people that you hang out with the most and the five books that you're reading right now, like this is determining your future. Yeah. I can lift you up every single day. I can tell you, I, you know, help you start businesses that hopefully some will fail, some will succeed so you can get that learning experience. But, you know, we can only do what we can do. I guess for me, it's just my saving grace is, um, they know that they're so loved yeah. and they know how important they are to me. Um, and I will own any mistake that I make, which I didn't necessarily have. How so old are they? I have twins. They're 12. Okay. Good yeah. age. I have a boy and a girl. Oh my gosh. They're just so cool. Lucky. They're just cool. I mean, even my son, I, it's like, I go, I go to the bathroom. He's like, I love you. <laughs> I, go, I, you know what I mean, I was going to the bathroom, you know, I'm in yeah. the house. I'm not leaving. And so, um, yeah, look, I, I think I, I don't know if I have more pride than the normal parent, but just the fact that we have such a strong bond and they can talk to me about anything. And yeah. it's just such a different relationship than what I have. But, you know, again, like I said, um, it's I have a nothing tough age too. Yeah. And my daughter, even she's just, you know, tears in her eyes when I left this morning, I'm like, I'm just gone for one night. She goes, I'm going to miss you so much. She's like, you're my best friend. Oh, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, she's tw yeah. 12 and a half. And I'm thinking, when is it going to change where she's going to hate it's me? Not. And she said, I'll never. Because people said that to me all the time, having girls, right? just three girls. wait. Mm -hmm. They're like, your kids are going to go through that. They're going to hate you. I'm like, I was always waiting. 
and it didn't happen. It didn't happen for me. And I was, I was a single mom. So I was very, ask my girls now. They were like, you're pretty strict. We're never going to be like you when we have kids. I'm like, well, hopefully you don't have to be because your circumstances will be a little bit different than mine. (laughs) But, um, but my kids, I mean, they're, they were great kids. They were, they would go to bonfires and they'd be like, do you want to come? I'm like, no, I'm not going to hang out with you and your friends. That's weird. But there were parents that did like hang out, but I wasn't, I wasn't that parent. I think I was younger. So I felt like it always felt like I didn't know if it was appropriate. And okay. so it was like, it was weird, like me being a weirdo again. <laughs> like I weirdo. just, <laughs> <laughs> you keep calling yourself funny. It's yeah. like, but, I, I'm just telling you yeah. like all these different aspects in life. Like I never thought that I like fit the mold or like really fit in. Like I was, I had three kids by the time I was 21. So wow. I would take my kids to school and people would think I was the nanny. I'm like, no, I've birthed these motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> so they're mine. Trust me. Oh my God. As my client so, said yesterday, they're vagina babies. I was like, yeah. Never heard that one Minus before. My first, when I married the, I, so I did give birth to two, but the older one is, she's my stepdaughter, but she's still mine. Oh man. Yeah. You're just, you're amazing. So thank you. I mean, so are it's you. It's just been incredible getting to know you and just knowing that there are women out there that, just want to give back and are really yeah. cheerleaders for other women, especially in, I mean, not just women, just people in general. Like you want to see yes. other people succeed. And it's I the do. same as me. And I'll, I'll tell you a little story because you, you brought up the being a diva. I actually um, auditioned to be a diva. Really? Yeah, I did. And they were like, get what? this girl <laughs> out of here. <laughs> no, what year? Um, I don't know what year. I know it was like in LA and I remember like walking into my audition in a bikini. Was it had Marina us, Del Rey? Yes, probably. That's where I was. Oh my gosh. So they had us audition in bikinis. Yes. Um, and Ashley was there at the time who was like a new diva. Okay. Do you remember her or know her? No. So this would have been the year because I was the first year that they ever had that con- oh, okay. contest. So it must have been, it was the year after. Okay. Probably. So it was me and I don't know if I should say her name because she is a housewife in Miami. <laughs> Lisa <laughs> at the time. Oh my gosh. And um, we both like, you know, thought we were like hot shit going in there. Um yeah, and I and was they like, shut that down. Oh, they shut it down in a quickness, oh like, because I, I thought I was like ten steps ahead of the game. I'm like, yeah, I'm a second degree black belt, and I could probably flip you over my head. And she got up. She was like, all right, let's see it. And I'm like, all right. I put her in a headlock yeah. and did my little flip, and she went over my head. But they weren't impressed. They were like, eh, nah. It's so. so interesting. I had such an the opposite experience. I literally went in like, I'm so old. I've lied about my <laughs> age. I think I photoshopped like the year on my license, like complete fraud. Go ahead. Come and get me FBI. Um, but I just kept thinking, which is weird because I'm such a positive person. Like, I feel like I don't want to like, we don't say can't at our house yeah. either. Don't like that word. Um, we can do anything, anything that we put our mind to. Yes. And so I'm a very positive person. Like I know, like if I see it, I believe it, I can do it. I can achieve it. Um, but this, I thought, oh yeah, I'm like an old hag. There's no way. And then 
like I had just had joy on the show recently and we were laughing. It's like, it just kept progressing. And all I kept thinking is like, I'm starving because they weren't <laughs> feeding us. And we just kept, we were at this hotel in Marina Del Rey and it just like, I kept getting through the different cycles and they were letting people go. And then they put us in rooms and I'm thinking like, is this what American Idol is like? Like they're just <laughs> waiting in this room for to say like, you know, your shit, go home. Um, and then all of a sudden we found ourselves live in New York. It was a very strange experience, but did you love it? No. Oh, <laughs> no, I did not love it. Uh, I did not love it, but I did learn boundaries. I learned okay. boundaries and I don't think I had those in my life prior to that. Just, just boundaries about what I deserve and what I'm capable of and the respect that I think should be reciprocal and stuff. So I grew tremendously, not just as a woman, but just really as a human being because yeah. of that experience. So for that, I will be eternally grateful. And I met some wonderful, really wonderful people. Yeah. So in that, but oh my gosh, good for you. Yeah. Be same. glad you didn't. I know. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. A few wrestlers uh, like Terry, um, the Hulk, Hulk Hogan had said to me prior, he's like, don't do it. <laughs> like, don't. Really? <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, Amy, don't do it. I'm like, really? He's like, don't try out for that. Don't. Yeah, it was weird coming from him because he would, that was just kind of whole life. So yeah, I didn't listen, but it's all good. So, well, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank been, you for having me. Yeah, but I'm going to take you up on the firearm lesson because yeah, I don't. let's do it. I got so close to that target, but I literally, the kickback, it just, I don't. The recoil? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's uh, mental. So I feel like once I put it in your hand, make sure your grip's good. Right. Um, you know, teach you a little, the basics. We got to take it back to the basics. I think you'll be good to go and very surprised at what you can do. Okay. And then I can set you and maybe your family up with, um, some other professional trainers. Cause I'm not a professional by any means, Yes. but I can definitely like help but just you from technique the get -go. and stance yeah. and the way you hold it. I mean, that all it comes like, like you said, people thinking that in the middle of the night, they're just going to grab their pistol and shoot a robber yeah. doesn't I work feel like way. we need to familiarize ourselves with it um I mean I don't know if you're to this extent yet but it's not a bad thing to introduce the kids to it and right. start teaching them the basic you know four firearm rules um I sit on my couch and dry fire so like if my daughter loves to do puzzles and I'm like I don't want to do your puzzle but I will sit there and like dry fire work my trigger set up different targets on the wall and yeah just get busy so it's not like <gasps> like a taboo thing like right, to see we, we teach and, them yeah um and then I have them you know different areas of my house and I will tell any of my kids at any time pick it up and clear that weapon is it is it good to go like you want to have your kids look at a weapon or if anyone handed them and them know how to properly take the magazine out check it and be like is is the weapon clear right so those are all like very very important um things that you could potentially pass on and teach to your kids okay so i think it would be really cool i'm taking you up on that yeah let's do it awesome all right you guys thank so. you so much for tuning in to another show of amy weber unleashed thank you so much for the support it's been amazing and until next time we'll see you later <laughs>